Look, grind hard, well done, sir. And welcome to the freaking well show. And party central to my well ones. A night of violated hell codes. Dope sales like the charge do. But selling's all about potential. Hey guys, what's going on? Roma the Roamer here. I'm traveling the country interviewing super cool people. And today I have Amazon lit. We got Eric and Sebastian here. What's and up, everybody? The first time I saw them was a few months ago. I saw like a post that came up. I think it did hashtag FBA. Uh -huh. And it came up and I saw fucking like 2 million in sales. I was like, who the <laughs> hell is this dude? I checked out your page and you didn't have that much posted. Uh -huh. I was like, who is this guy? Like, yeah. like, I looked at his page and he was like super humble. I don't know if that's a word for it, but he wasn't posting much. And and then a couple months later, um, saw him at the Reezy event, the Re whatever mm. you call that, ReezyCon, whatever the hell he calls that. <laughs> ReezyCon. <laughs> That's eventually what he wants like it to it. be called. I like and I was like, yo, like these guys are legit. So we connected and I got them here today. So how'd you guys get into it? I think Sebastian would be best to answer that question. He started the business, so. Okay. Uh, I started it in 2013. Um, got into it because I was a bartender and a waiter and just was not happy with the lack of growth I was seeing and I was looking for more opportunity um, and uh, I heard of an opportunity with Amazon and it was more than books at the time mm -hmm. and so I just decided to you know to take a chance and I started with the uh, retail arbitrage I had a few thousand dollars I quit my job and I went all in yeah all in right from the beginning so you just started like sourcing at like Marshall's I started sourcing at Costco BJ's Sam's Club and, okay. I, and I went all in. And back in 2013, there weren't all the apps. There wasn't even the Amazon seller app at that point. So you'd go into the store. What year is this? 2013. There's no Amazon seller app? No. Nah. Nope. Wow. Nope. So you're going into the store. You're writing down on a notebook um, all the products that you have of interest. Right now, they're item number UPC. Then going back home, getting on the computer, seeing if it makes <laughs> that sense. That wasn't even that long ago. It's not no. that long ago. Wow. Um, shortly after I started, came out with um, Profit Bandit. That was the first one of its kind. Profit Bandit was where you could go into the store, start scanning it, and it would show you the show you the profits. So that was okay. the first one that like revolutionized things for us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's how it started. Holy cow! So you were a bartender. And what were you doing before Amazon? So I've known Sebastian for 17 years. Okay. Now, right? If not, yeah. probably longer. So, yeah, yeah. So we've been we go way back, and I remember when he first started selling products in his basement. I went into his basement. He was living at Humble Ted's house, one of our business partners, and I went in his basement. And he had, I, I don't know, maybe what four or five hundred products. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? It was like right <laughs> around this time. It was like Christmas what kind of products time. Products were there. Uh, it, you know, it's like chocolates and like Kirkland fish. Yeah, the Anton Birds. The first product I ever sold, I just looked at it yesterday because my data scientist wanted some more information about our original order. So I looked. Number one was Kirkland fish oil. One Kirkland fish oil sold to somebody in Jamaica, New York. So shout out to whoever you are. <laughs> you uh, said data scientist. Yeah, yeah. What's what's, what's that? Uh, it's somebody that looks into the data that Amazon's providing, like through MWS and oh, okay. uh, and APIs, and, and then just kind of gives you more information, insight into your company. Gotcha. Yeah, guy's a genius. Gotcha. Sweet. So I went. I went in his basement. He had four or five hundred products, and I literally laughed at him. Yeah. Like, he's like, I'm selling products on Amazon, and I was like. 
Yeah. Okay. Everyone did. In 2013, everyone did. All like, he wasn't the only one. I didn't have one friend that was like, "That's a great idea." Everyone's like, "You're carrying boxes up, fifty-pound boxes, bringing them to the UPS store." Like, what are you doing and why? Was there any like? Was there anyone on YouTube you were learning from at this no. point? Like, how'd you learn everything? Just obsess about it. Wow. Obsess about it. 18 hours in the basement. Uh, I'd go to sleep at 2 in the morning, I'd be up at 6, 7 in the morning, and right back into the basement, and just obsess about it. I knew yeah. absolutely nothing about it. Damn, so you guys started with retail arbitrage, and then did you guys become partners on the retail arbitrage level uh, before the, wholesale? It, it came at the wholesale level. Okay. Yes. So I came in, in the early, in the beginnings, I would work with them a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there, stick room products in the warehouse, you know, mm -hmm. a processing inventory to be sent to FBA. Um, and then you brought me on as, I don't know if it was like a manager or it was just like a, an employee to begin with. And then yeah. you stepped me up to a managerial position. And then and then that was in the second or third warehouse, Pinebrook? The, that, was the, that was the second warehouse. Yes. Yeah, I warehouse. think you were there in the second warehouse version one. Yeah, yeah. Remind me, what were you doing before, like right before? I was a college student. Okay. College student, construction worker. Did you finish or did you just quit? I like, did, yeah. My degree's on the wall oh, over there. Sweet. Oh, so yeah. it's right right on this, this wall on the left. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> took me 12 years to get that we'll, degree. We'll pay the camera later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of resellers like, talk shit about graduating college. I graduated college too. And, and like it's not like you have to quit school. Like, I don't know. No, it's no. Like, people obsess over that. Like, fuck school, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you can do both. <laughs> Listen, yeah. it's it, the, the education brought me value because yeah. you taught me like, like life skills, like accountability and dedication and right. discipline. I, I agree with that. Like I, I learned how to focus, like studying for organic chemistry. Like a great, I'm not fucking using organic chemistry yeah. now, but it, it taught me how to sit down and focus, which I think both you guys would agree. Like you need to be able to do that. Yeah. You need to be able to sit down and just bang shit out. Hyper-focus. Yes. Hyper-focus, especially when you get to like where the level of the business where it is today, where we have 34 employees and they're bringing in their problems. It's like exactly. tiny little It's like the test just got happening. harder. The test yeah. is like an, like an yeah. O-Chem test versus like a general chemistry test. So like you can't just fuck around anymore. Like I used to study with my friends and then I'd be like, okay, these guys are just fucking around. Like yeah. we're not getting anything done. We studied for four hours, but that four hours, it wasn't focused versus like a two and a half, three really good hours with smart people. That was good. And I'm, I'm realizing the same thing with business now because if you, if you if you fucked around at this stage of your business, like every hour now is so much more important than when you got started. Yeah. You know, because there's some, like the problems are like exponentially huge. Yeah. We were just talking yesterday and essentially a, a large percentage of our job, we're just there to put out fires. Exactly. Yeah, that's how I feel now. My business is like not even like close to what you guys are at. Like I imagine that's all you guys do. Uh, pretty much every day. It's You try to get work done and... Why every ten minutes someone's in the office? The greatest thing, the but. greatest thing is it taught me is that life is solution based. Like mm -hmm. so, no longer do I try to bring problems outside of my life to it. I don't complain about anything. I'm just always looking for solutions because gotcha. that's all I do at work is try to find solutions to problems. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. So, what like what was like the transition from retail arbitrage to wholesale? So it wasn't just one giant. It was a small, smooth transition. So I think the first one was, um, I would say, BJ's. I found out they had a, a global wholesale site that you could purchase from. And, and so I started the wholesale with them, and, and then slowly I moved on. Yeah, are you still a one-man army at this point? Yes. Uh, no, no, no. By, by, by this point, um, I have um, my uncle who's doing it part-time, Humble Ted. 
Um, and Wait, what's he helping with? Just packing he, he, stuff. He'll do like stickering and help at night. Um, okay. At this point, and um, two or three employees at the time. We had two or three employees by the time. So we started in July of 2013. By the fourth quarter, we already had two or three gotcha. employees because it was uh, we were in a small 2,000 square foot warehouse completely crammed in there and um yeah we we needed some extra help with stickering so was your job at the time just to go out and find shit yes okay yes and then i, I was essentially in charge of all of seller central anyone who was on the team at that point was just helping with the labor because you know it's labor intensive there's stickering there's packaging there's throwing products in boxes and, and so we needed people on the team to do that mm -hmm. So you guys are completely done with retail arbitrage at this point, obviously, yes. right? Yes. So, so it was a transition. Um, was wholesale like a lower like profit margin? Um, is, like was retail arbitrage higher profit margin? Like when you started ordering wholesale products, was it you know? On an individual item basis, yes. But when you look at it in a time range, absolutely not, because you're doing way more volume. Gotcha. So what I could retail arbitrage in a day, let's say, on a good day, and I could retail arbitrage, you know, you know maybe a thousand units on a good day, you know, now today we can, on a good day, we'll do 7,000 to 8,000 wow. in wholesale. But that means fully packaged and ready to ship yeah. to Amazon. Yeah, it's, it's more volume. That's the wholesale aspect. More volume, lower margins, higher volume. Okay. And so for you, this is your first business. Yes. And for, was this your first business as well? Or did, yes, it was. Did you guys ever have like side hustles growing up, like selling bubblegum at school? Yeah, yeah. yeah a couple side hustles. Yeah, a couple side hustles. You remind me of like a kid that would just be selling <laughs> bubblegum, like jewelry, <laughs> candy. Did you, you know? do that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's like, that taught me a lot about, and, and we incorporate that into our life today, you know, like just that, that everyday grinding and hustling, you know, understanding gross profits, net profits. You know the 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 back and forth with customers. Now we incorporate that into the back and forth with the wholesale distributors we deal with. Yeah, yeah. It seems like you guys are dealing with a lot. So like these numbers are fucking crazy to me. Like um, I'm like I'm not even really familiar. Like two million like a month. Um, what what did it take to get to that point? I it, it it took a lot of change. I mean just to simplify like who I was five six years ago who Eric was wouldn't allow for the business to be mm. where it is. So if you're new or starting uh, and you want to get into e-commerce just go for it. Like don't look at our numbers. Uh, just go for it and then as you have to grow, right? I'm sure you're not the same person you were when you started the business. Yeah, exactly. I, I look back like a year ago and it feels like five years ago. I was talking yeah. to one of the guy, book guys and I was just like, so much change has like happened um, just because like it requires it. It does. Yeah. You're forced. Especially like forced once you start yeah. building a team, it's like, because now like you're almost like daddy in a sense. Like yes. You gotta watch out for everything going yes. on because if, if you fuck up, then everyone's out of jobs. Right. You know. Right. You you I understand the the impact of a leader. So exactly what you said, like a father figure. So if people make mistakes, I, I I have to correct them, but at the same time I don't get emotionally entangled by it. I don't go cursing them out or something because that's bad for culture. Really bad for culture if the leader or or if things go bad, I'll call Eric into my office, they won't even know. And I'll say, Eric, we gotta look at something, he'll come into my office and then I'll drop it on him and we'll be like, Shit, let's figure this out. But nobody outside of the circle is gonna 
know that something tra tra drastic just happened, right? Yeah. And then we fix it, and no one will ever know that there was some issue, whether it's like an Amazon IP complaint or whatever it is. Yeah. But you don't go out of your office and be like, Eric, the business is about to fucking <laughs> yeah. collapse. Yeah. Like you don't do that. So and that's and that's part of being a leader, keeping your yeah. composure. Where'd you learn that from? You, I was forced to, just like you said. I was forced did, to. So did you have like role models growing up, play sports? Yeah, I did, but that's not where I got don't it. Think so. from. No, I, gotcha. I know I was. I was it was forced. like something like where you're like if, your if, back was against the wall and you just had to grow up. If anything, I'm a workhorse, and I get that from my mom. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So a lot of people watching, you know, they they're interested in wholesale because like they're tired of doing retail arbitrage, or maybe they're doing books, but they're tired of going out and working. So. I think a lot of people have a vision that like almost like private label where you, you can do wholesale and like remain really small. Is that is that true? And, and if so, like should they even be thinking that way? It really depends on, on what you want to do with it. You can keep it small. You can grow it. It depends on if it's a full-time hustle for you or if it's just like an after-work hustle. You know, it's it's really how much work are you willing to put in is how fast and how large you can grow it. Yeah. And this is, this and is our full-time hustle, yeah. so... And the wholesale model you implement. So whether it's like you're looking for some brands and you want exclusivity with them and you're going to really cater to their needs and, and take care of the wholesale business that way, or if you're going to go out there and get a little bit of everyone and try to have this huge volume business. So there's other... there's plenty of ways to even do wholesale like you could wholesale books you know and or you could bring on employees for books and and have them do it and, and pay them in percentages or pay them in in hourly rates whatever it is and you won't have to touch it kind of like what you were you, we were discussing before uh we turned on the camera yeah so so what's the most important part that is it like actually finding the the connections uh the wholesale leads i guess is that what you guys call them like when you when you land an account yeah or is it uh like just logistics, like what's like the mo like what's like the bottleneck with wholesale? Um, so it's it, it's so many different working parts that go into it. It's like it's like a car. Like if one's not working right, your car's not going to Gotcha. Um, there's what's the hardest for people to get over? Is it just like landing their first account? Yeah, it, the first account, so. the persistence, the sourcing of the the sourcing. That that's what it is. It's sourcing those finding goods. the companies. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and I imagine over time. You not only get better at it, but you kind of build a reputation for yeah, yourself. Absolutely. And you're like, hey, look, we got you know five other accounts or a hundred other accounts. Absolutely. And then you sound more legit. Absolutely. That first call, you're just like, yeah. you're just like, you know, you don't have any business. Like that's how I, I feel a lot of times, especially like first posting content. Like nobody knows who you are. Yeah. But once you get those first few leads, people start respecting you, and it becomes easier and easier yeah. and easier, and you can start saying no. Yes. And that's the same thing. Absolutely. And that's really the value of having, you know, we offer mentoring and the value of having someone who's done it before explain it to you. Because if you don't know what you're talking about and you call one of these companies and you're like, yeah, I need to order some products. And like you're placing an order for 16 units, but it comes in cases of 12 and you're not using item numbers, just like all these small things. They're instantly going to know that you have no idea what you're talking yeah. about, and they're probably not even going to respond to your emails. Yeah. You know, to have someone explain that to you and like tell you, like, this is what you need to say, this is how you need to say it, yeah. this is what you need to, you know, produce in order to get the company to trust you. Got it. It's 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 a game changer. Yeah. So you kind of need to be like a salesman. Yeah. You Absolutely. need to you need to know the lingo. It's a whole just like if you're going to go into any business, you need to know what you're talking about. So what if you're introverted? So you just stay away from wholesale? 
No, no, you, no. no I'm introverted. Yeah, yeah. You just have to get someone like an Eric. Gotcha. <laughs> no, but you have to is know. Is that what you use him for? Maybe. No. <laughs> he, he, I, I, it just so happens, you know, it, he, he just, he's more of a people person and I'm, I'm more introverted and it's okay. You have to know where your weaknesses are and where your strengths are. Gotcha. Right? So. But if you're, I mean, I was introverted and I got wholesale accounts is what I'm saying. Yeah, you, you got know? most of the, almost, I would say, what, 60, 70% of our wholesale accounts? So, Not more? yeah, and and so it, it, I don't think that should be anything to stop you. It, 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 if you want it, you'll get it. You'll yeah. got it. I mean, I get angst right now thinking about the rejections I've gotten at trade shows and phone calls. It, it bothers me, of course. It, I take it personally, but yeah. then I still have to do it again because it's like, okay, Sebastian, it's either... You stop now or you move forward, and stopping is not an option. Gotcha. So, are you guys still pursuing like lots of new accounts? Is that just an ongoing thing, or yeah, does it get the to the time. point where it's like, we're we're good now because you're just getting like constant influx of inventory? We are good, but we just want to capitalize on every opportunity. So, is that y'all's job then to like go out and find these accounts, or do you guys have like a team of people that call as well? No, we, we grow, we, we build all the relationships with their accounts, but we also offer an incentive for our, for our team members. If someone brings us an account and it ends up making us money, we give them a bonus. Interesting. Yeah. So it's not like their job, but like uh, Caddy, one of our managers downstairs, she brought us a, an ethnic food company, ended up working out really well. So is we, that for like any nice level employee, even like someone just any like level, yeah, any, any level, any level, no restrictions, yeah. any level will get a, a nice bonus. Nice. Yeah, because you know what? We can only have so, you know, they might have a family member or a friend that has a business, and if we incentivize them, there's an opportunity that yeah. we didn't even think of. So now we have 35 opportunities walking around all day, every day, with their ear to the street, seeing if there's an opportunity yeah. for Amazon Lit. Smart, smart. I, I have my listers, my team of listers that pack books for me. They, uh, they hustle books, too. They oh. come across books on the street or whatever, yeah. they pick them up, and they can, they can list them and get them percent of the profit. Oh, nice. So, yeah, there you go. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's awesome having, like, your team also go out and source for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. So, out of that $2 million, like, what are you guys looking at, like, payout-wise? If you're comfortable answering questions like that. As far as, like, cash flow, because you guys have, what, 35? Yeah, so 30, 30 Amazon, Amazon keeps about 40% of it. Okay. That's uh, their... their Referral fees, pick shipment fees, fees yeah. pick and pack, uh, fulfillment, um, advertising, you know, everything everything included, it's about 40% they're keeping. Okay. Yeah. And then most of that money, like, is going, obviously, you got to pay the bottom line people, people yeah. packing stuff up. Exactly. So then, then like, we have our comp, you know, our workman's comp, our payroll, um, and the warehouse right. the utilities. Yeah. All, I'm just all thinking like that. the levels. Like there's the people packing the boxes, yes. and then like you have the people managing. Yeah. Yes. Which they're they're making sure everything's good. What else are the managers doing besides just making sure like stickers are being peeled or packed uh, right? That's what they do. They're they're making sure that the products are going out in a timely manner. We expect all the products that come into our warehouse to be leaving our warehouse within 72 hours. Okay. So they're making sure that happens. Gotcha. Quality control as well. They're ensuring that it's being sent out correctly because mm -hmm. we process anywhere from two to three hundred different products a day. So one wrong sticker could be the mean. You know, it could mean yeah. an Amazon complaint, customer complaint. Um, you know, getting the listing closed. So gotcha. that's really they they pay huge attention to quality. Control. Do you guys utilize virtual assistants at all? Uh, we have a, two right now. They're but not much. Oh, so they like they sort data. 
Okay, are they like overseas yes, or yes, okay? Yes, yes, gotcha. Yeah, they don't do much. Yeah, I pay my three dollars an hour, so yeah. it's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, they, what is they, what do they do for you? Manage my account. They reply to all emails for restricted inventory. So when people, you know, send an email about restricted inventory, they'll respond. We have like a list of frequently asked questions. They yeah, have yeah. Labels for them, stuff like that. So. Would be nice to have an American doing that though, because we're getting to the point where it's like customer service almost. Yeah. People get pissed yeah. dealing with you know overseas people. There's some great websites that you can get like fluent speaking, you know, um, people who are overseas but speak English. Gotcha, fluently. gotcha. Yeah, they say sir a lot. <laughs> I don't know if you guys deal with that or not. It's kind of funny. They say like sir like eight times in the email. <laughs> no, like I'm gonna drop your pay if you if you call me sir. <laughs> That's crazy, three dollars. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah, it really that, is. That's what we're paying. That ours, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Three, three dollars. I believe it's three. Nice. I believe nice. we got them through our uh, Guru, Guru.com. Okay. Yeah. That's always I recommend like retail arbitrage guys. And tell me your two cents on this. Like, I think it's crazy that retail arbitrage guys go out and spend like two thousand dollars on Legos and then. You know, they're probably making, I don't know, like fifteen hundred, two grand off of that. Mm -hmm. I mean maybe less. I don't know what the profit margins are. But then they spend their whole Friday and Saturday packing that shit up. I'm like, dude, why don't you pay someone a hundred dollars yeah. to yeah. do it? Or hire a virtual assistant. I always say hire a virtual assistant first and just get in the habit of, you know, instead of checking your Amazon feedback, instead of doing all this shit yourself, have someone go in there and do it for you. Now you have an extra fifteen minutes to an hour a day free. Yes. Yeah. Because time is so fucking valuable. To grow your business, absolutely. Yeah. What's your opinion on that for retail arbitrage guys? Should they, like, is it scalable? Should they hire a team or should they just move on to wholesale? I think it's scalable. I mean, it, it's to some extent, but the concern has to be with Amazon. It doesn't seem like they're getting any less strenuous when it comes to IP complaints. And a lot of the clients that I've worked with, I know Eric has, that I have a call tomorrow. Um, it's a problem when Amazon hits you with an IP complaint, even if it's baseless, but then they ask for invoices and you can only provide receipts. You know, technically they're supposed to take receipts, but a lot of the times they provide receipts and they get the same response saying we need an authorized, an invoice from an authorized gotcha. supplier. You probably experience that more and more as volume increases. It's probably just like left and right. It, it happens more, but because the algorithm looks at a percentage level, it's okay. not as detrimental as to like a small seller who might get that. And that's not a problem with wholesale because uh, you have the invoices? Yes, it, you have invoices from authorized suppliers, exactly. Still time consuming and takes up a, and it's strenuous and... Could you get a virtual assistant to do it? <laughs> no, uh, you, you just, uh, this is this is your account health. Like, I, it's got to be someone higher. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. And, yeah. and listen, virtual assistants are great, but the way we feel is like, in order, before I can pay somebody to do the job, I need to understand it fully 100% gotcha. myself. So how do you guys deal with that? Like, understanding the job completely, What's what's the next step? Do you guys like, write out a manual for the job or do you train someone in depth and then have them train other people yeah. or both? What do you guys do? We, we train in depth. We have a handbook as well, our, 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 our company guidebook and employee handbook, but we also um, do a lot of training. Eric does an extensive amount of training as well. Yeah, I saw and, those videos on Instagram, mm -hmm, breaking mm -hmm. it down on the whiteboard. <laughs> exactly, and, and, and we pass on that information that way. We sit down with them, we teach them. We have a new user interface we just implemented this week, 
And so I'm sitting down with the buyers, I'm showing them all that. Eric sits down with the buyers every day, different buyers, and he's going over orders with them and, and bringing some insight. So it's absolutely, it's, it's constantly training them and improving their skill set. Wait, what are buyers? Uh, that's a, those are our purchasers, our procurement team. They buy all the products that we sell. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Sebastian and I, we probably purchase 10% of the products that we sell, and we have a team of five buyers who purchase the other 90%. How often do you run into a product that like tanks in price? All the time. All how, do you, the time. how do you prevent that? Is there like a certain technique to like... I don't know, like go upstream, get like the most gated products possible. Well, I think early on you have to really um, use Keepa a lot, uh, okay. or, or some sort of camel, 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 something where it's going to give you price history and and you could really review uh, the product three six months and make sure that you can capitalize on it and that the price hasn't dropped to a point where you're not making money on it. Yeah, right? but um. But for us, with the volume we do, we can usually we can sit on it when it's uh you know when when it drops or if we need to for some reason we'll, we'll sell it out and just move on to the next one and source better the next time around. Yeah, about ten percent, ten to fifteen percent of our inventory we lose money on, so that's you know close to three hundred thousand dollars a month. Of, and that's just due to price tanks. Yeah, yeah, it's just you know the listing. Yeah, Amazon jumps on the listing. We analyze the listing. Uh, look at Keepa. Do we have a chance of selling it for a profit in the future? If it's been in stock five, six months and there's no chance, I'd rather get, even if I paid 10 bucks for the product, I'd rather get five bucks back and invest it in more profitable inventory. Gotcha. It, is a wholesale uh, business, is that something you can sell eventually? Like, like you have all the leads, you have your warehouse, you, like, is it something you could like, put together and say this business is worth this much? Or is it similar to like a reselling business? If you, if you don't have, cut that out maybe. I'll probably sleep yeah. in there. <laughs> oh, I gotta take this. Okay. It's Amazon. I would not stop oh, it if wow. I don't I know that. Best of luck, man. <laughs> yeah, good luck, bro. I don't know how that is. We've been waiting for this call though. It's like an important Okay. Yeah. You know? Good good news? Oh, uh, well, we don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully. Man. Well, they say jump, we say how high. Does it always say, does it say Seattle? At yeah, the bottom? yeah, yeah. It's so scary. Yeah. Yeah. He was just on the phone with them this morning. They called me from Seattle one time and I was like all excited and it was, it was still someone from overseas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, you guys are disrespecting me right now. Yeah, so that's Chase from uh, Amazon's pri private label brand, one of our private labels. Uh, he's he's been trying to have us sell it exclusively on Amazon, not knowing that oh, we're wow. already selling it on Amazon. <laughs> he's contacting us as the brand that we own because we have plenty of private label. We have four private label brands on Amazon. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's that's one another issue with Amazon is that there's too many teams. So there's a team right now contacting me, telling me that hey, there's an opportunity if you sell your your uh, your your brand online and I played dumb and I'm like oh but how about the third-party seller that sells it online and they're like well we can help you to you know to sell it at a lower price and and help you to advertise so he won't be able to compete with you I'm like oh interesting send me some more information Chase yeah. so he was calling me back because we talked on Friday we are the third party yeah, seller. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're the third party seller and also the brand, but he doesn't he's not seeing that connection on his side. Nice. He's just seeing the brand and he's he's contacting I guess brands around the country trying to have them sell directly on Amazon. Okay. 
Yeah. So Amazon's trying to. So wait, what? How's that benefit them? Are they trying to like? They're not trying to sell it under Amazon's name. No, no. I. It's it's just they have half a million employees in different departments. So this is another department created, and then they have their their other department, their wholesale division, and. And the specs team, who's like all four third-party sellers, and and all these departments are almost like competing against each other, and you know that's why Amazon is as big as they are, and whoever makes it out alive is the better yeah. option for Amazon to move forward, and that's how they keep growing. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So how's private label compared to wholesale? Just like, like do you do you need as big of a team for private label? Because I know private label guys, at least on YouTube, they I don't know if they're fronting or not, but it seems like it's just them and a mm -hmm. VA, mm -hmm. and they're doing you know like a million a year or something. Mm -hmm. Is that you 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 don't for private label? Uh, you could have a smaller team, definitely. Uh, we, you know it doesn't take it it takes it takes you have once again it's about sourcing, so you have to find the right factory to have it made in. All of our products are U.S. based. Um, and then you have to learn advertising. You still have to learn Seller Central. Yeah. You have to. What Coupon, Eric said is so deals. important. He said at the beginning, he said, you need to, I strongly recommend learning every part of your business before you give it to a VA. Because then how are you going to know if they're doing something wrong if you haven't done it before? Yeah. Yeah. The same with employees, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Like, how can you teach? How can you correct if you yourself haven't done it? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Like we we spent time in the warehouse, especially as of recently. Ted was, he uh, he was giving me shit the other day. Like I need to spend more time downstairs, and I per I a hundred percent agree with him. You know, I'm spread super thin, but yeah. it's important for me to spend time downstairs because I could spend fifteen minutes down there. I can point out you know changes that could be made. Um, you know, streamlining their efficiencies, um, just little nuances that can increase production. You know. Okay, I've been reading. Have you guys read the E Myth? No. I've been reading that book and it's all about like it's it, it focuses on McDonald's and how they made a standard operating procedure and how yeah. like an idiot can come in and take a place. Yes. Do you guys update SOPs often? We we make changes to them yeah, absolutely yeah. all the time. We're how important is that to you guys or is it kinda of like on the back burner? Very important. Okay. Yeah. Very important that things are done universally the same. Yeah. Hundred percent of our business. Yeah. So, so like, when you're going down there, all the stuff you're seeing, are you guys Writing it back down in the SOP. Well, we we implement it through procedures, and then Eric passes it on, and and he trains, and then that's kind of set standard. Okay. That set standard, it's on the managers to to pass on that information. Yeah. But a lot of what we do with like uh, our, our our system that we've developed ourselves, it's almost it's it's getting to a point where it's going to almost make kind of funnel everything in a certain direction. Kind of the same way you said Am uh, Amazon. McDonald's procedures have to be in a certain way. That's what our our system is pushing to happen. It's getting closer and closer. Gotcha. To that. Yeah. And, and our SOPs, they're more, to write them down, right, from, from our perspective, every week our business is changing. Gotcha. Right? There's like a new implementation, a new change in Amazon, a new change in our warehouse. So to document that, we feel when we give it to them on a piece of paper, it becomes like set in stone and then making adjustments in the future is that much gotcha. more challenging. So we train them, you know, vigilantly and, and we, we express that this is how we're going to do things. And then if there's a change, we retrain them on, on that.
the changes. Gotcha. So it's more hands-on. Gotcha. Yeah. I know that is. Amazon's always changing. I don't even. I don't like making tutorial videos on, on Seller Central because it's just like yeah, so often, like the interface just like yeah. changes. Like yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. What what tips would you have for guys just getting into this? You know that they're watching this video, they're getting all, getting all hyped up. Like, would you say like dive in head yes. first? Okay. Exactly. Take action. Take action. Take action, be prepared to... And what's that first step look like? Like, what, what is taking action? Um, the first step is opening an account. Okay. Uh, right? First step, you have to open an account. Second step, you have to do some retail arbitrage to learn the account. And now, So, it's a big difference if you go retail arbitrage and you purchase $100 and make a mistake versus going wholesale purchasing 10000 and making that mistake. Right? Yeah. So, start with the retail arbitrage and learn Seller Central and learn the fundamentals uh, through YouTube, through courses, through, through there's so many different methods of learning. But go fully engulf yourself. Don't spend your weekends watching TV or or going out with the boys. Yeah, like spend it learning the business if you really want to if you really want to grow a successful business and then slowly grow. And don't look at I, one thing I never did was I never looked at my competition. At least not on Amazon, right? I don't look at the guys on Amazon. My competition is like Costco. Walmart, like these are people I want to inspire or aspire to be like, and gotcha. versus like looking at what my competitor, where my competitor is today. Now that doesn't mean I won't look at some of the processes they do and try to possibly implement those, but I never envy what they have and I don't. Gotcha. Okay. How important is social media for you guys? For our consulting business, it's huge. Okay. It's, it's an outlet to let everybody know, like, hey, this is what we do every day. Yep. And it's not like, like, this is literally what we do every day. We sell products on Amazon for a living. Yeah. You know, we got the warehouse, we got the employees. So it's important, you know, that people have access to us as consultants to be like, wow, these guys are the real deal. This what's is the incentive for that, for, for consulting? Like, why give away all the secrets? This is something I ask myself a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So there, there's a few reasons. One, uh, we're 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 believers in the universe, and I feel we both feel that the more we give away, the more will we receive in re in return. You know, and also financial freedom. There's huge money in consulting. Exactly. Huge money, and people will pay for knowledge, and we have a shit ton of knowledge, Sebastian and I. You know, we've been doing this co combined for almost twelve years, and uh, the knowledge we have is just astronomical when it. As far as like, uh, you, you said you have 180 consultants about? Yeah, we, we've consulted with 180 clients. Correct? How many of those like have ROI down the road? Maybe they come across a product that they're not, you know, ungated in or maybe just like they don't want to take it on. Does, does it ever lead to like connections with other um, like leads, lead generation, whatever it's called, like wholesale leads? Does Do, do your clients yeah. ever help you get that? Yeah, absolutely. We learn a lot from our clients. We yeah. teach them a lot. And we learn a lot, and a, a lot of them are so grateful for all the information that they provide for us that they give us little tips and tricks, you know, maybe about selling on eBay. Gotcha. Or like, you know, how to enhance a listing, just like little things. So you get selling on eBay, too. We yeah, get small eBay, amount. Jet and yeah, Walmart, yeah. yeah. I had five listings on eBay, and I took them all down. Because I was tired <laughs> of getting orders. I just didn't even know where the book was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, eBay, we, I don't know, 10 grand a month, maybe. It's nothing. Okay. eBay helps us with our Amazon returns and, and, and flea market items, damaged products. So that's where eBay comes in hand. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. How much does it freak you out that, like, Amazon can just shut down your account like that? And how do you guys combat that? 
they they're not gonna just shut down an account like that. I mean, I so I've gone before onto the forums and and read that or in the groups, and then I think you know I I I, I step back for a moment because fear starts jumping in. I'm like, mm-hmm. wait. They're not telling me the same. They're not telling me the whole story because here I am, six years in, and Amazon hasn't shut me down just like you know, just like that. Have we had issues? Are some things that I consider completely unfair or irrational happening? They are, but we combat those. We stay proactive, and you know, our account stays active. You guys, what inter- what was really interesting to me about you guys is you have a connection you guys met like an amazon uh rep at one of these networking events right no they actually gave us a, a rep really yeah so they gave us a rep uh at what I, point was that was it like a sales number or i don't know it was about two years ago they, yeah, gave, us, nice. they gave us our own rep uh, but i've also definitely been to the, Am- the amazon show their uh seller the event which they've done orleans, right? they've done two now one in new york one in new orleans i don't know when the next one's going to happen so i got to meet a lot of people there and we've also had three different category managers come to our facility and visit us and get insight about that's awesome about third-party sellers from us so. and so are they more interested in the wholesale component or the private label I think they're just interested in money. And yeah, numbers. <laughs> they're just they want us to grow, so you know they get fifteen percent so of cool. every single product we sell. Yeah. So they're making millions of dollars a year off. Are of you guys us. merchant fulfilling at all? Yeah. We do some, yeah. yeah. Okay. We do some some uh, seller fulfilled Prime and merchant fulfilled and, and site. Yeah. So we have a couple programs we're part of. Okay. Yeah. And then these softwares you're making, mm-hmm. are they? to like capitalize on like, is it more profitable to sell merchant or FBA or is it like bigger than that? Is it like lead generation? Like what are these softwares really it, looking it, for? It's just a fully, uh, it's like a, a full ERP system. Okay, That's I don't know what, what that is. What's the ERP? Uh, so it's an enterprise solution. So it's a solution for your whole business. So every aspect of e-commerce, uh, whether it's creating invoices, uh, for, for Avid one day or, or having invoices filed, whether it's uh, creating listings for eBay, Walmart, Jet, and Amazon at the same time, um, you know, you name it. Whether product it, research. Product research, product yeah. sourcing. Um, cogs, tracking cogs. It's endless. It, I mean, it's the hazmats, creating shipments. Um, it, it, it does every aspect of the on, online business. It's essentially like Seller Central on, on uh, steroids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To put it, listen, this Sebastian's lead, been leading this development team for, what, 18 months now? Mm-hmm. And like, just even thinking about it, I get goosebumps. This shit is going to revolutionize. Like, nothing like this exists in the world. So are you guys going to eventually sell this? We, it's if, possible. If, if we do, it'd probably be to like huge companies... You gotcha. know, like a Procter and Gamble, they might want to do it themselves, or okay. or maybe we could sell ourselves to them, showing them the, mm. our capabilities. Like the whole business. Should, well, I mean, sell ourselves as far as not sell the business, but sell <laughs> ourselves. Like, hey, this is why you should have exclusivity okay. with us, because here's gotcha, what we can gotcha, bring, gotcha. Yeah, and here's yeah. here's. Here's our system yeah. and what we've implemented in our process. Yeah, nothing, nothing like this exists. We've tried dozens of softwares, repricers, inventory management systems. It, the only way to fix it was to build our own. Yeah, I really don't think I would sell it. It's like, 
the people always ask, like, what what's your price tag? I was like, I don't know, what's your price tag? I'm selling one of your kids. <laughs> Eric wants to sell it, I think. <laughs> well, maybe maybe uh, offering it as a service, not the whole package. Okay. Oh, oh the software, we yeah. would, I'm talking about the company. Oh, okay. The company itself. Yeah, the no, software, 100%. Yeah. The software we would sell. Yeah. As so it, it, does, it does every, everything. Yeah. It, huh. it, it lists, reprices. Sounds like it does a lot of cool stuff. What what would you use starting out for listing? You see um, Seller Central? Yeah. Yeah, bulk flat file uploader. Okay. Yeah. I mean I know some clients of of ours they use inventory lab. That seems pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, we just did flat file uploaders. You can't do the books with books each book's a different listing. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's like I mean you could do it, but what do you use? Um, I started out with ScanLister, and then I was like living in my car, and my laptop broke, so I got a Chromebook, uh-huh. and ExcelerList was like a web-based uh, app. I started using that, but now that I have a team of like 10 plus people that list on my account, it's it's nice because I can just log in. Yeah, ScanLister yeah. is like a license key, so yeah. simple shit. It just it just it matches our source to the SKU, and it lists fast, and that's all we care about. Can you so. create your own SKUs? Mm-hmm. Like merchant specific SKUs? Yeah, so when people send me books on restrictedinventory.com, it's going to be their first dash last name, and that's going to be in the SKU. Yes. And then it's going to be like, if it's a textbook, we might put a TXT SKU, and then we'll put the date in there. Some people have really long names, though. So, like, we, we've, like, limited it to, like, just the source, like, at certain times, because it can't go over 40 SKUs or 40, yeah. 40 characters. So Something you could do is just characters. Like four characters for the first name, four characters for the last. Yeah, we we could do that, but the thing is, like, we have like five Andrews already, and we're not <laughs> we're not that big. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. you got an Andrew Smith, you're, you're, exactly. you're done. I started yeah, out with just Andrew, <laughs> and then I was like, I got shit, I got to do first and last name because we're gonna lose track quick. Yeah, so like a database system, you should do like nothing complicated, but like all database systems, every attribute that gets added to it has a unique ID. So you could give everyone a unique ID and just put it to their name. Well, and how's that increment it? So like the first person zero one, next person zero two, and okay. the number can go forever. Gotcha. And so it doesn't matter if you have two different Andrew Smiths; they all have different IDs. Gotcha. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I think the date kind of combats that. But if we had two Andrews on the same date, because the date's also incorporated. And the list price, too. But the, so, the two Andrews would never have the same ID. So the first Andrew you added would be 03. The next one would be 04. Gotcha, gotcha. And so on and so on. Every single person you add, doesn't matter what their name is, will be a different ID. Gotcha. So would you consider yourself a software guy? No. Okay. He's learning, though. He's like, yeah. he's, listen. How, like, how important is it to, like, actually really understand software to, to, to like, tell someone to make so software? Important. It'll revolutionize the way you think. It's revolutionized the way I think. So you kind of understand it now. A, a, a little bit, but like I, now I want to like take with everything. Like I was just getting in my car, and you know you push the push start, and I was like, how does that push start work with this little thing here? You know, how does it know? How does it know that this key, this fucking key here, isn't your key that you have or your key that you have? And there's something in here that that sends a message to your to your know, whatever yeah. electronic system it is and it's it's literally a password there's numbers that are matching up yeah so if you know what it is you could get into anyone's Porsche and drive <laughs> off into the sunset so like if I have a software idea like how much would it cost to like realize that yeah do I hire a VA for three dollars an hour <laughs> you get three dollars an hour in software yeah, 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 yeah. you'd have hello world at the end <laughs> 
but like, okay, let's say, because I, I, I have software ideas, so like if I wrote them out, like what's, what's the next step? Do I go on Upwork? Do I go on one of these websites and yeah. find a developer? Should I find one overseas for, for like cheaper software? Like, yeah. Depends on how much you really want to, like if it's in depth, like we have in-house developers and we need them in-house because there's meetings every day. Sebastian meets, he's been at the office till almost 2 a.m. Monday through Friday for the past, you know, two months. So it's like, if, to do that overseas would be challenging. So it really depends on how in-depth the software is. But for, for a simpler software, it could absolutely be done. So we've had plenty of things in our warehouse operations. Um, you see Eric post the videos and stuff, and they were done for people on Upwork and Guru, a combination of them. It was challenging for sure, uh, language barrier, time, time differences, and things like that. But it can be done. It gets more difficult when it becomes completely every piece of this ERP is connected to every other piece of our business gotcha gotcha what about something like inventory lab like because if you guys have like in-house developers like they're there all the time working mm -hmm. so with inventory lab is, do you think they're constant like all day like there's someone like working on it or because I was under the impression that like once you make something like that you just put your hands back and it just runs without you yeah so typically um like a system like that will last for like seven to nine years, they say. With now, like back in the day, they used to say nine to 15. Now you can have something last for seven to nine years with just steady maintenance. But okay. then after that, the information becomes outdated. Okay. You know, and it needs to, you need to develop something brand new. Gotcha. Yeah, and you need to upgrade the user interface. Like, let's say, even from my experience working with softwares, after a year or two working with the same software, I want to see something different. You know, so just upgrading it to make it look different. Yeah. Just the front end of it, you know, not the back end, not the software. Um, the front end of it to make it, you know, change with the times, maybe a new logo, just yeah. stuff like that. I enjoy like when that. Apple does that. Like, yeah. It's like Instagram, just like it looks different now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's stuff to definitely maintain. Makes it fresh. Yeah, yeah. imagine if you were using it, uh, if Apple had an update in seven to nine years, where would you be <laughs> You know, you just have to, nowadays you have to keep up with the times. Yeah. Uh, what software? I can't even think of one. I was trying to think of one software that I used from seven to nine years ago. Only thing that that makes sense for is video games. Throwing a little Mario Brothers. Yeah, always a classic. Yeah. That's uh. Speaking of Mario Brothers, like I'm gated in Nintendo. Mm. Uh huh. How much of your business is just trying to get ungated and shit? Or is it pretty easy once you do wholesale? You pretty easy. Just buy something and get ungated. You get a lot of un just click to approve. You know, you just follow the prompts and. Does your Does your account? Is, is it true that your account eventually just like auto engages and everything, or is that is that a myth? No, that's what happens with us, whatever we're saying. And the majority, like Nike, all those, we just had to click, you know, you need approval for it, we click this, is you're approved. Okay. What do you think it is? Because there's, there's people that argue about like it's your sales numbers, but I know textbook guys that have like, they sell, sell like millions and they're still gated in like simple shit because all they sell is books. Yeah. Like, yeah, do you think it's like of categories? Okay, hundred percent. I think it's along right. with sales volume, or just is it just a like a combination? Reach? I say account yeah, health, health okay. metrics times categories yeah. equals reviews. Yeah. Okay, rating. feedback rating. Amazon considers all that stuff. Gotcha. Sweet. Um, I'm just thinking of questions for guys starting out. Like, what what do people generally ask you? Um, like, what? Because yeah. I, I ask like just infrastructure, like. Like space, do you need like a business address? Yeah, absolutely. Because so all that stuff's a little bit different from RA. Like RA, you just go out to Walmart, you can pack the shit up and send it out immediately. But with 
like landing a wholesale account, you need to have like a business address. Uh, you probably need a warehouse. So you need employees. There are some wholesalers that you can send it to, to to your house, and they're legitimate wholesalers. It's just the way that they operate. Others, you yeah, you're gonna want to, and eventually you're gonna want to get a warehouse, and you know you can get a real inexpensive warehouse. Our first warehouse was only a thousand square feet, you know, one loading dock, and that's all we needed. And you guys stayed in there for for how long? About a year, right? Six months. Six months. And what would you get your sales up to in there? Like sales numbers per month in like a thousand foot. Yeah, it was, foot it was good. I mean, I, I know that the, at the end of uh, the at the end of the first year. Two thousand thirteen. Two thousand fourteen. Oh, it was like uh, nine million, something like that. Wow. Eight or nine million, I think. And how much Maybe, you guys? No, four million. Sorry, four million. It was four million. What were you guys paying for million. that? For a thousand? <laughs> Nothing practically. I think a thousand bucks. Nice. Yeah. But I had to walk around outside. To get to the bathroom. <laughs> so here's a cool story real quick. I'll share it with you. So we're in this thousand square foot warehouse. It's now, we've only been in there for a few months and we're already completely packed. And I have more products coming on the way. I mean, my guys can't even move. They can't even go between pallets packed. All of a sudden, the town inspector shows up. And this is like my my Rockefeller moment, not that I'm anywhere near Rockefeller status, but when he was on that train and he almost died and he didn't. But anyways, long story short, they show up. I'm like, oh shit, what's happening here? They inspect the place, electricity, everything. Then he goes, he's ready to leave. He goes, where's your bathroom? I go, oh, it's right around the corner. He's like, okay, so how do you get there? I was like, I go outside. And he's like, you can't get to your bathroom from the inside? I go, No calls the landlord up, landlord shows up, he's like, why is this guy can't get to, you know, it's, it's against code, I had no idea. Oh, wow. So all of a sudden, the landlord this week, place is completely packed, right? He makes a, he's ready to make a hole through the wall into the guys behind us. I go, can you make that hole pallet size? His name was Mitch. He's like, eh, okay, yeah, sure, why not? He makes a pallet size hole to the back. And behind me is this new trucking company that just moved into 5,000 square feet. They had just took my first load for me to, to Amazon. Not my first load, but the first Holy load I worked shit. with them to Amazon. Yeah. So now all of a sudden I go in. It's about to be December, like I said. I have no room to 5,000 square feet, and they're letting me use it because that area for them is just a trans dock where products come in and go onto different trucks and go out. So they're letting me use like a corner of it, another... 1500 square feet wow. for free because I'm giving them all of my Amazon shipments. Wow. Which at that time was like one full truckload every two weeks. Holy shit. But I mean, talk about, you know, some things the universe has to provide you, some things I can't even make happen. So. Yeah, man, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so that's like a serendipitous moment. What, like, when did it, like, when was like the first like big aha, like, okay, I can actually make a living selling on Amazon? Did you have like success from the get go or did you? Did you start a little bit and then like you went through like a big struggle? It was definitely difficult in the basement. There was issues that, a lot of issues that occurred. Um, I mean, things that most people would have quit, let's say. Uh, you know, account being shut down and things like that. And, uh, you know, we just persevered, moved forward. And, uh, you know, from there, instead of falling back and staying in the basement, we actually went to a warehouse, which took a lot of convincing. Uh, I Humble Ted was ready to do so. Um, I don't think his wife was as much, but Humble Ted pushed it, and uh, 
And you know, it happened. We got our first warehouse, and uh, you were opposed to it. No, no, I okay. was all for it for the longest. It's just that uh, my aunt wasn't, and really at that point, it was more the business was more myself and my aunt. Right, it was me running it, and my aunt was kind of the investor at the time. Okay. Um, and Ted would, had his full time gig. He 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 managed a he managed a large uh, large food company. Was a manager at a large food company for over thirty years. So he would just come in part time, help sticker at night and stuff. So he wasn't really engulfed in the business like he is now. Gotcha. Uh, then as we scale and grew, we needed somebody with that managerial skill set, maybe some more corporate knowledge, and that's when Ted joined full time. He gotcha. left his job of 30 years. Uh, he took a risk. You know, he gave up having a full pension for only a half a pension or whatever he gets uh, because he fully believed. And, uh, you know, and we took it from there. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. So everyone, everyone that's in the business has taken their own fair share of risk, definitely. Yeah. And it takes risk. It does take risk to grow it, you know, even to this day, you know. Lots of ups and downs, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Loans that are out, you know. You guys take a lot of loans? Uh, we have one large loan now. Okay. Yeah. Is that pretty low interest? Very. Okay. Yeah. Prime, is, so. Is it from Amazon? No. Okay. No, from a bank. Okay. Yeah. Do uh, What's your experience with the Amazon loans? I loved it. It helped us get to where we are. But I, I too hate expensive the, now? Hate, yeah. I hate the rates. What, what are they, like 12% APR or something? Uh, yeah, it, it depends. But they could be anywhere from 12 to 18, I've heard. So Some of them are lower, too. Some of them are lower, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, what's eight. a really good loan for, like, you all size, like, interest-wise at this point? Three. Three? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah, that's what we want to be. We want to be prime. So yeah. whatever whatever the current prime number is, prime plus one. What's prime? Uh, whatever interest rate uh, number is right now, plus one. Plus okay, 1%. so there's like a... So the bank's making like a little, yeah. There's like a... A, a set. Yeah. Okay. At what point, like in business, are you able to get prime rates? Is that what's called, prime rates? Is that like... Exactly. A, okay. Um, I think I, I think it's maybe three to three years and possibly five years. I'm not sure. Okay. And then, of course, so in our business, I mean, we went to some of the largest banks, and a lot of them just never had any knowledge or any experience dealing with e-commerce. So that was one of our biggest hurdles. Like, they're like, okay, well, this should be easy. We can give you a nice big loan based on your numbers. Where's your inventory? Because that's going to be their collateral, right? Yeah. Or inventories in Amazon. They go, oh, wait, then it's not yours. Yeah. It's in Amazon. I go, no, no, no. Amazon's our 3PL. Yeah. <laughs> it's our 3 They're like, what's a 3PL? You know? I mean, t- yeah. talk about Novice. They had no idea. Yeah, follow to- me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> try, 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 try telling them it's yeah. 250 an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, in, it's in 27 warehouses across the country. You know? yeah. Oh, my gosh. So it, it made it made it more difficult. It took us a while to, to get it, but we did get it from one of the larger international banks in in the world, and uh, you know it's it's working so far. Did you start out with credit cards or anything? Yeah, with the, that, that, that's where it started. So it Tons started with cards. my with my aunt uh, being investing using her credit cards and her great credit score and all that. Nice. And and at my me, I put in the sweat equity. Wow, you guys have lots of trust in your family. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Some people aren't like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, sweet. 
that was, I feel like that was a lot of value. Hopefully it was value for, for my audience. Um, not, I'm not a super wholesale guy, but I feel like a lot of people watching, like, you know, starting out just want to have like super basic questions answered. So where can they find you guys at? Amazon lit on Instagram. Yeah. yeah at Amazon underscore lit on, on Instagram and uh, in the bios, the rest of our stuff, you can find us on YouTube, Amazon lit. We're posting a ton of content. Um, we got a great video dropping this week. It's going to be phenomenal. And, uh, you know, you can book sessions with us. We're I've heard great things about their sessions, by the way. A couple of people just are like, you know, raving about it. So yeah, well, we, we, shit. we, we believe in bringing value, you know, true value, you know, and it's not like you book a session and it's like, all you get is that hour. You get access to us. You know, yeah. answer emails, text And like messages, I was hitting on calls. earlier, like, I mean, I've, I've done sessions with, with my clients and like we do business together now. Yeah. I'm not sure how common that is with you guys, but with me, yeah. it's, it's super common. So yeah, yeah, there's lots of opportunity out there. I think if you're new, just dive in. Just go ahead and take the action. Start small. Watch the videos. But as soon as you watch them, go and take action. Because if you just watch them, you're going to find yourself being one of those people that just watches and never takes the action. Yeah. And that's because it's fear. If, if, you, if you're not taking action, you're like, one more video, that's your fear kicking in. Yeah. And you talk about mentors I like Jim Rohn, Grant Cardone, Gary. They all talk about taking action. Yeah. They all talk about it. Is that analysis paralysis? Analysis paralysis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's the fucking truth. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. Um, peace out. Subscribe. Like. Unsubscribe. Do what you got to do. <laughs> peace out, family. Stay Good lit. Thank you. Sweet. That was awesome.